Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast. This is where the Women of Marvel get together and assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. I'm Adri Cowan. I am the social media manager here. I'm Judy Stevens, and I am the associate producer. And I'm Sana Manith. I'm an editor at Marvel. Um, we're super excited to have a very special guest uh, in our very swanky studio room <laughs> of women of the Women of Marvel podcast. Uh, Marguerite Bennett is here. Hi. Yay, Marguerite. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Marguerite is co-writing Angela um, with Karen Gillan. Uh, whose birthday is today. Whose happy birthday, Karen. Oh, wow. <laughs> Special treat. Improving our taste in music since 1975. Um, and this is a really big deal because Angela is one of, I mean, she's a huge character. Uh, and have we talked about what her past is and her relationship or no, nothing? Nothing like that yet? Okay. So there's some, she has a really cool, interesting origin story, which hopefully you guys will be delving into in your story. But why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, that experience and then tell us a little bit about sort of your experience in comics in general. Um, I mean, I was so, so excited and really, like, honored to have been chosen to work on this project with Kieran, who I'm an enormous fan of, and um, I get to work with also um, Will Moss, Phil Jimenez, and Stephanie Hans, and honestly, the biggest, like, amount of pressure from this entire project was not the fact that I was writing a Neil Gaiman character, but was the fact that I had to write something beautiful enough to be worthy of Stephanie painting it. <laughs> um, and so it was, you know, it was a really fantastic team, and um, even from the first, uh, back over the summer, I got folded into the Marvel Retreat at the last minute, um, and we wound up just meeting in a hotel bar, um, just, I mean, essentially all of us, minus Stephanie, and just bouncing ideas off of each other, and, you know, what direction we wanted to go into it, and what aesthetic we wanted to bring to it, and, you know, just how to balance, like, the humor with the action, with introducing, you know, this character uh, to new readers, as well as bringing in her past in Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and it, I mean, we, Phil had his notebook out, and I don't think his pen was still, like, the entire time, like, you know, sketching armor, sketching monsters, you know, doing cover ideas, um, and it was just, it was so much fun just to be able to hang out and relax and, like, you know, talk trash and just have, you know, mm -hmm. a great time, and then for that to sort of be, like, the community that this, you know, very, like, not like lone wolf, but a very self-identified and, um... I don't want to say it, um, self-willed character mm -hmm. uh, could come out of. And so it was just, it was really fantastic. <laughs> so how did you get pulled into this? Oh, um, I actually wrote a one-shot um, for DC Comics uh, called Joker's Daughter, which I did with Megan Hetrick um, mm -hmm. in February of this year. And it was um, this, like, you know, really grotesque villain. And I wound up, um, you know, sort of exploring her and uh, doing this, like, 38-page um, massive project and it, uh, Kieran wound up reading it and really, you know, enjoyed it. And so uh, when, you know, they were tossing around names for a co-writer, um, like mine came up. And uh, how Angela is going to be structured is each issue is going to have an overarching story, which is 15 pages, um, which is Kieran's. And Angela has a companion uh, in the series, um, a woman named Sarah. And Sarah is also an angel, but is more of a bard than a warrior. And, you know, she's, she's sly and she's charming and she's witty and she's very charismatic and tells all of these stories about, you know, things that Angela's done in the past. Um, you know, things that, uh, that, that come to play um, in, you know, the larger stakes of the overall arc. 
and she, uh, her stories are the things that I'm writing and that Stephanie is illustrating, and so they wind up, you know, twining through the story, and they're these five-page, and just this crazy different aesthetic, um, you know, really, you know, some of them are really bombastic, and some of them are really intimate, and um, so I'm just, I'm really, really stoked, so. Well, it's really cool because um, you get to work with Karen, who mm -hmm. I think is phenomenal writer mm -hmm. and he's such a wonderful human being when you can understand what he's saying <laughs> <laughs> we say this to his face so oh. don't worry about it he, he absolutely has to talk oh. very loud and slowly mm. especially at the retreats um so what what has that experience been in like been, been like in particular i mean he's he's so supportive and he really you know encourages me to be weird <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which is really nice yeah um I, I got to meet him for the first time at New York City Comic Con last year, and um, I had been part of a, of a DC one-shot that had gotten some controversy, this book called Lobo Number 1, and mm -hmm. all anyone wanted to talk to me about was the gender politics and the hate mail that came out of that book. Yeah. And it was just like, I didn't, you know, I'm a little baby writer, and this was not how I saw my first book going, yeah. and Kieran was like, do you remember what my first book was? And I was like, I'm afraid you have me at a disadvantage. And he was like, I don't remember either. No one's going to remember the first book. They're only going to remember the best books. Don't mm -hmm. worry about it. Mm -hmm. That's and true. Yeah. And so it was just, you know, it was just, it was really nice. Um, so I really, you know, appreciated him talking to me uh, about that. And um, so, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> Did you not feel, like, excited mm -hmm. about that project? Or were you, you just mm -hmm. kind of shocked about people's responses or what was um I was really surprised I mean it was it was something that we knew was coming um with the redesign and uh I um I want to say anything that's going to get me executed for treason um, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> no you know I mean, BPC about it okay. if you like it's cool we we get it um all right let's see we knew the redesign was coming and what we wanted to do with this character who had been you know absolutely, you know, a, a parody of the hyper-masculine and the hyper-violence of 80s action movies. Mm -hmm. It was the Stallone, Schwarzenegger, enormously muscled, cigar-chomping, you know, roadhouse movie, rides up on his motorcycle, smashes some dude in the jaw, gets the girl, and that's what power is for the 80s, you know, mm -hmm. masculine action movie. Mm -hmm. And so what we wanted to do with the new 52 version of Lobo was to introduce the modern action hero, which is going to be more like Daniel Craig's James Bond, which is going to be more like Jason Statham in The Transporter. Mm -hmm. So the seat of power has shifted. It's no longer like the meth biker gang, you know, in the roadhouse. It's going to be, you know, the CEO behind, you know, the, the million layers of security top floor penthouse. So it has to be a, a degree of subtlety to it. It had to be, you know, a chameleon character, someone who could be charming and sly and who could move in these circles of power and, you know, the way that power had evolved. Um, someone who would be able to to, to charm um, and to seduce and to be able to, to, you know, move among these people and get close to his target and then slip a knife in their ribs before they knew that there was an enemy. Mm -hmm. And people... You know, some people reacted really positively to the idea that it was a reinvention of an action hero, and then I got a lot of things that were like, I can't cuss on this show, and I don't want to. <laughs> um, it got really ugly. It got really profoundly ugly, and in a way that I was really, like, surprised. Hmm. That, um, that, I mm. see that a lot um, whenever something mm -hmm. changes yeah. in, the, in the, the universes mm -hmm. that people have grown up to mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you know, Judy, you see it too, because we're both very active on social media, um, is just, there's always going to be mm -hmm. 
a negative reaction mm-hmm. yeah. to, from somebody, mm-hmm. some more than others. I mean, we saw that a little bit um, mm-hmm. when they changed Moon Knight, um, but not in a like the kind of vitriol that mm-hmm. that it sounds like. Yeah, well, a lot of it was gendered because they saw the redesign and they think that the you know before we've been able to explore it in the story, they saw it as oh he's sexy now because a twenty five year old girl is writing him. Right. And that's what became in all of the criticism. You know, wasn't about the reinvention to reflect the modern world. It was about you just wanted eye candy. You bleep bleep bleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> it's a very it's a it's a very frustrating thing, especially mm-hmm. because and we get it all. Marvel gets it mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, we have we've had it with Ultimate Spider-Man, with mm-hmm. with Captain Marvel, with Ms. Marvel. Uh, every single time we announce something, mm-hmm. and now with the new Thor, and every single time we announce something, mm-hmm. people get so mad at us. Mm-hmm. For trying to do something that actually, you know, reflects mm-hmm. the way the world is changing, yeah. right? You mm-hmm. know, like what you said I think is so great because mm-hmm. it is very much about what what is the modern action hero, mm-hmm. right? You're not thinking about it in terms of any type of real politics. Mm-hmm. You're just looking at, l- looking at what the world looks mm-hmm. like now. And yeah. um, we get it to an extent, and what frustrates me about it is the fact that it's such a small community as it is. And we're constantly struggling to sort mm-hmm. of make ends meet within the comic yeah. book industry. And, you know, when you start tearing each other down, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of just tear ourselves down, mm-hmm. right? Like, then yeah. the com- great comics won't be yeah. made. We're mm-hmm. not pushing boundaries anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't be interesting and relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally think comics have been so... There's been sort of this re- renaissance in the mm-hmm. last, like, five to ten years mm-hmm. because of the fact that we're taking risks like Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Has that Absolutely. experience affected the way that you are writing Angela? Um, there is an awareness of, uh, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with iconic characters that mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people that I now feel more cautious. It doesn't necessarily have any influence on my ultimate decision, but I am aware of it. Um, with Angela, it was a lot of fun because she, um, you know, she came out of a different universe. Um, you know, so she, you know, she was part of the Spawn mythos. And so I didn't have to worry as much about, you know, the, the, the biblical continuity, you know, like in-house of, you know, this is the, well, I've loved this character since I was a child. And I was like, you're going to be pretty young if you're saying that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's there's some freedom to play faster and looser since this is her in a completely different universe. Um, so, you know, you expect changes in that continuity. Um, you expect changes in the character, and you expect to, you know, do something really fresh and exciting. Um, so that was actually, that was something that, like, worked out really well. And, you know, and being paired with this team, you know, it was just, like, the perfect group, you know, in order to, to, to bring her to that level. I am actually... Uh shamingly behind on my Guardians of the Galaxy stuff totally because <laughs> as editors we don't really read comics. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. I totally <laughs> get We that. barely read the scripts uh-huh. that we have on our mm-hmm. desk. I'm totally kidding, guys. My writers, I love you. I read all your comics. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's there's definitely, it's just, you know, we're, we're behind on our certain comics. Yeah. Now, uh, Judy, edit this out if I'm giving out too much information, which I think I probably will. I don't think this stuff has been revealed. But there's some things related to Angela's origin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Has that been revealed yet, or is that something you guys will be discussing in? Um, I don't remember when the precise reveal point is, but the fallout is like a huge portion of the. 
of our series. Of the main uh-huh. story. Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. but you guys don't reveal it in your series, or you reveal it, it think, gets revealed I in think it is Are you talking original about Guardians. Sin, the four sisters? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That, was, that yeah. was an original sin. Mm-hmm. That was an original Oh, right, yeah. that's yes. right. It mm-hmm. was a revealed yeah. an original sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So then, so this is why I also tripped up earlier, because uh-huh. for me, those characters no are so forever linked mm-hmm. now. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I actually remember being in sort mm-hmm. of the, the sort of creative, mini, 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 mini creative retreat mm-hmm. that we had when we were trying to figure out what the hell we do with Angela, and like, where, you know, why, how can we make this character mm-hmm. really, you know, important to the Marvel Universe? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the biggest, the, the first things mm-hmm. that we came, that uh, was a bunch of people in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's so, so fascinating mm-hmm. because this is the first time that we're actually, fo- aside from, obviously from Freya, but mm-hmm. the first time we have sort of this, uh, this hybrid of, mm-hmm. of two, uh, two different, mm-hmm. how can, I don't want to say, I guess races, mm-hmm. <laughs> like God-like races. Yeah. Um, and particularly one that's one that's female, mm-hmm. um, and where 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 she can particularly go within the, the Marvel universe as mm-hmm. a whole is really interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that that being said, my very long winded question mm-hmm. no. is: Where do you want to take her? Where do you see Angela going? I don't know how to answer this. That's spoiling like crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, no spoiling. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, a lot of the part of being um, an angel uh, for her is that the angels everything is about exchange. Everything is about you pay me for this service, and um, nothing is for free. Everything can be had for a specific price, and any deal breaking ends in absolute disaster. Um, so it's the idea of if everything has to attain balance, if everything is you know a perfect exchange of service and goods, there's no room for mercy. There's no room for revenge. There's no room for personal motivation. It all comes down to these scales. And so what we're doing is upsetting that balance. And, you know, now it's going to be she's no longer this perfect warrior who, you know, you know works within this extremely um, narrow and extremely intense uh, view of the world. So now mm-hmm. it's going to be opening up and it's going to be her, you know, forming um, these rich attachments with other people, you know, like with, with the Guardians. But then, you know, with these friends that she's had, you know, from, from heaven. Um, and, you know... It, exploring who she is when you take away that value system you know mm-hmm. so if, if this she's you know been completely defined by how she, her values have been informed by these external forces now it's up to her and how she takes them and forges them and you know makes a path for herself mm-hmm. and for herself to decide upon yeah that's a beautiful message. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the perfect way to describe it without mm-hmm. spoiling anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's amazing. I appreciate it. Yeah. You've also worked on other books, Marguerite. <laughs> what, what else have you worked on here for us? Um, my first thing for Marvel was back over the summer, and I was part of the amazing X-Men annual, um, and I did uh, this 10-page Firestar backstory uh, with Art by Wando, who is a wizard, in case you've never seen any of his stuff. And uh, what we did with that was, um, I mean, Mike Martz approached me about doing that story, and I, you know, had some ideas for the character, and was went around and you know collected other uh, Marvel issues that had those backstories. And each time I was thinking, you know, what I want to tell, I would have to like crush, you know, it's essentially a twenty-page idea down into ten pages, and you know, be doing nine panels a page, and then have my artist murder me in the night. <laughs> um, so what if I did something really weird? What if we blew up every single page essentially into a double splash so it's the, the, the entire thing is five pages long everything is you know just really crazy every page is a different style one's a crayon drawing one's street art one is like scribbles that students do in the margins of their notes one is byzantine icons and one's a photo album 
Um, and so it's just, you know, exploring uh, who she is through the people, you know, that she's met and what they've created after their encounter with her. Um, and so that was like crazy fun. That was back in June. And then um, recently I wound up uh, plotting um, for uh, Nightcrawler number seven, which is the death of Wolverine tie-in which was super intimidating because Chris Claremont is X-Men. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you can't, this is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot, you guys. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that was really exciting and a huge honor. Um, and yeah, cost me many hours of sleep just in stress alone. <laughs> um, and then upcoming this November, also as part of Death of Wolverine, um, is the Lady Deathstrike one-shot, again with art by Wando, who is still a wizard. Um, it hasn't changed in three minutes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's November 12th, I want to say. So I'm really, really stoked for that one. Um, you know, crazy, awesome, beautiful, violent art. <laughs> Sounds like we're going to be seeing a lot of you here. <laughs> I'm very Cheers. excited. Mm-hmm. And clearly, Mike Martz has poached you from DC. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm traipsing near the border. I haven't been shot and tagged yet. <laughs> well, we're very happy to have you here. Um, so I'm personally mm-hmm. very excited that we have uh, mm-hmm. more female creators on board, yes. and this has been a very special year for mm-hmm. that. So you are coming at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in about a year, you're going to start saying how much you hate all of us. No. Because we're so annoying <laughs> and so crabby. But that's okay. That means that means that now we have a real working relationship. Mm-hmm. Once that happens, it's it's totally normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but but seriously, congratulations uh, for everything. Uh, we're, we're very excited for you. I really you. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you all so much. And we were, mm-hmm. obviously, we had the pleasure of having you at the San Diego mm-hmm. Comic-Con panel. Yes. Uh-huh. That was really exciting. That was a huge panel. Oh, that's panel. right. The mm-hmm. first, uh, is that your first Woman of Marvel panel, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> we didn't haze her. We should have hazed her. Oh, God. <laughs> God. I, I, I hazing, you weren't there. That's true. Uh, why, yeah, I, why didn't I mm-hmm. haze you? Oh. <laughs> you need to be, well. I've gotten the opposite of hazing so far. Uh, well, I asked, I asked Janine to a housewarming, and she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Do you want to be on a Woman of Marvel panel? <laughs> <laughs> Exciting! <laughs> this panel's going to be killer yes. this year. Our, our New York panel has 14 people on it. Yes, we are so excited. We have a great group of ladies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. at 1:15 p.m. So everyone afternoon is just that yes. Was, that was music Sleeping to my ears. We, we had in an earlier panel. We actually had an entire discussion about how we all were enjoying the fact that we didn't know how to get up early. Well, <laughs> but that's the thing. The, the the way to sort of become. Uh, I guess become inaugurated into the Women of Marvel family mm-hmm. is by uh, being extremely hungover the next day <laughs> and saying inappropriate things in your panel. One one year, Kasana. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, is it really, or is, is it, it just you? <laughs> oh no, I think it's everyone. It was me, me and Janine. When me and Janine were doing this back in the day, we didn't know what we were doing. That's what the panels were. It was me and Janine being super hungover. <laughs> Kelly Sue, like God knows what she was talking about half the time because she showed up. She would show up in sunglasses, and she doesn't even drink. So I don't know what was happening there, but she would show up, and she'd be like, I'm just, I can't handle this anymore. Oh. So I'm like, all right. Um, but no, it's, a, it's always a lot of, it's always a lot of fun, so. Mm-hmm. And it's always a great um, discussion point. I mean, the point of, like, most Marvel panels are about, mm-hmm. you know, announcements and then, like, Q&A, but mm-hmm. I think that our panel is really primarily about Q&A. Like, mm-hmm. bringing, you know, we started doing this, podcast because we we enjoyed our conversations that mm-hmm. we had on the panel now we can do it weekly um and bring guests mm-hmm. in and 
you know, talk about being hungover and, you know, <laughs> the things that normal people talk about, obviously. I haven't been in a very long time, to be fair. <laughs> so, just saying. We no, could break people, that record. Yeah. <laughs> if, if people want to find out more about you or even want to haze you via Twitter. <laughs> um, no, no hazing. Please. Um, where can they find you? Oh, um, I'm most active on Twitter. Um, I also have Tumblr, Instagram, and you can reach me at Gmail. All the handles are Evil Marguerite, one word, E-V-I-L-M-A-R-G-U-E-R-I-T-E. Perfect. So, <laughs> come hang out and bother me on Twitter. And you'll be at New York Comic Con? Where I can will. they find you? Um, I'll be at the Boom Booth, um, you know, essentially any time that I'm not uh, on a panel. So, um, I've got, you know, Sleepy Hollow number one and things like that over at Boom and Butterfly number one, so... Great. Cool. I've been hanging out with Noel Stevenson and causing trouble. I think that's what New York Comic Con is all about. It's causing <laughs> trouble. I don't really, you know, this is our hometown mm-hmm. con. We're all really excited to have you guys all there. Um, obviously, if you'll be there, you know, make sure you come to our panel on Sunday afternoon. If mm-hmm. not, make sure you either go visit Marguerite at her booth mm-hmm. or come visit us at our booth. Mm-hmm. And we'll be having Marvel Live, so we'll be broadcasting live on Marvel.com all day every day so make sure you tune in to either see myself or aj making a fool of themselves or the boys <laughs> that will be me or the boys you never know so uh hopefully we guys see you we'll uh we'll have lorraine sink on next week so we're excited to have her um so we'll catch you guys all later this is marvel your universe